Hi, this is Candy, your agent in Tennessee. And this is Eugene, still your agent, back as your agent in Toronto. Welcome back, Sundance Kid, Mr. Butch Cassidy. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad to be back. Um, this last short. week um, mm. has been in spin. Um, uh, for our listeners uh, who might not be aware, uh, my my big brother Joey passed away um, last weekend, and um, it has thrown our lives a little bit into into spin. Um, my my brother was 12 years older than me. And I always looked up to him growing up. Uh, he was always the smartest and the funniest, and he was having the best adventures. And I always wanted to have adventures too, you know, and do the kinds of things that he was doing. So I, I he was somebody I really looked up to. Um, like uh, most of my family, he was a natural storyteller. He could tell lies with the best of us. <laughs> and, you know, if you got me and and my dad and my brother in a room with any number of other people, we would just be all talking over one another because my, my father, my brother, and I all prefer, well, you know it very well, to, <laughs> to talk to over listening. <laughs> well, you guys did have that in common. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm terribly sorry. It's, it's so sad. You know, I knew him over the years too. And I mean, you know, he was a character and um, it's, it's just, it sucks. And I'm so sorry. Yes, it does. Well, your um, brother is your friend, your witness, your comrade, your, your, your partner yes. in crime, you know. All of those things. It's true. Um, and sadly, it's also true. Uh, you know, as Reverend Gary Davis said, death don't have no mercy in this land. No, it does not. It's a grind out here. Um, so that's that. I am I am back, and uh, I want to just extend a big uh, thanks to uh, Special Agent Sarah Elliott for uh, for jumping in in a pinch and helping out. Yeah, she did a great job. It was so great to have her there, and we got to be obsessed about our our con artist crime story. So, thanks again, Sarah. It was a really good time talking to you, and and under shitty circumstances. So, you know, but I, I'm glad I, you're back. I missed you, and I'm I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I also want to report on um, on something uh, I mentioned the last time I was here, which was that our newfie dog, George, needed yeah. surgery. Yeah. And George has had his surgery and he has about, uh, well, he's got a real punk rock haircut. He's got <laughs> along his back. It's about a two foot square uh, shaved area with a great big scar in the middle of it with a bunch of stitches so um but he he got through that just fine and um it seems to be healing up really well and he doesn't seem to be in in any real discomfort or pain so that's pretty fabulous and uh that's something to be thankful for great good news that's fantastic news well you've gathered that i'm in tennessee i came i came down to get a car and also to have a little visit what, with my what, friends. What, why get a car in Tennessee? Well, because someone is is that I know I'm buying. Oh, okay, okay. There's yeah. a I get it. Yeah. There's a, a contact. So there's a little okay. bit of a contact. I just thought the Tennessee in cars were different I, I know, than Illinois in no, cars. No, but it's not unusual for people to to go out and get from another state. Actually, this okay. just happens to be that it's someone I know, and they've decided not to keep this car. And um, you know, uh, it's. 
I'm looking forward to having it. I've been without a car because I, I told Sarah, I hadn't told anybody that my car broke down in October and I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to be a drama queen <laughs> with my car sagas. But um, when it I, rains, it freezes, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. So um, we've been without a car. I've rented one a couple of times to do errands, but you know, I really want to throw some artwork in it. I want to go camping. I want to come to Canada. And um, I'm thinking this car is going to help me out for a bit. And I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Plus my friend, Karen, uh, she lives in Tennessee. She's the one I worked for in October. Remember, I was doing the podcast from here before. Right. In this little sunroom with the, you can see the bricks and the doors behind me. It looks like I'm outside. And um, I painted her house. And, and this visit, I've been touching up the cupboards. You know, when you do a painting job, um, I used to feel very uncomfortable when I did painting contracts because there was always touch-ups. I felt like I was inferior, but it just goes with the territory. Isn't it funny that you could you could paint something and yeah. you could watch it dry and spend six hours in the room looking for places to touch up and you yep. won't see them. And the next day you walk into the room and you see them all. It's like this, somebody was a, a complete idiot that painted it or something. Yes. And this is the cupboards. I've taken all, we've taken all the doors off. I, I, there's three, four layers of paint. Well, there's literally whole sections that I didn't even prime. <laughs> They're tiny. They're tiny. Uh, you know, they were under the cupboard or something. So anyway, I've been doing those touch-ups and that, that feels good. And um, then we've been doing some adventures. We've gone out for some nice food and her roommates have made some incredible meal. Uh, she's got a roommate that's a really good cook. He just made meatloaf tonight that was to die for. And he used ground pork and it tasted like, mm. you know, pillows of bacon. It was so good. <laughs> you know, in the, in the annals of comfort food, yeah. for me, meatloaf is number one. It really is a good one, isn't it? And there's so we many ways to make meatloaf, meatloaf and they're all great. Yeah, they, I love meatloaf. So if anybody has a good recipe, send it. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I even made a steamed Vietnamese meatloaf. Oh, wow. Do you know what he did? A steam. Oh, that sounds really good. It is you really what, good. You know what he did tonight? He cooked it in a bunt cake pan. Nice. And you know what was really cool about that? Lots of sides. Yeah, well, the sides are the best part. The sides are the best part. So he's found a way to make a lot of sides. I thought that was freaking genius. You know, I've, I may have mentioned this uh, yeah. on this podcast at, at another time, but I, you know, <laughs> I, I am apt to repeat myself. Um, but when my mom made meatloaf, she also used pork and beef. She used a combination. Right. That's a good combo too, yeah. Nice. And, um, and she would then make it with uh with breadcrumbs and usually some chopped celery and maybe green peppers and then form it into a ball and then she would get strips of bacon oh that's a good and idea. lay strips of bacon crisscrossed <laughs> on the top of the meatloaf so you can imagine it's getting better by the second oh yeah right? oh yeah and then you get a product i've only ever used this product for this one purpose and the product it's called heinz chili sauce Oh yeah. It comes in that kind of shortish stout bottle with the, the, the thick neck. Yeah. That's a nice bottle. Yeah. Well, I don't know what that stuff's supposed to be for, but <laughs> <Crack> cocaine. <laughs> what my mom used it for was after she put the bacon on the meatloaf, she would baste it with this chili sauce. And every 15 minutes she would go into the <laughs> oven and she would take it out and she would baste it with another layer of this chili sauce. So, you know, what happens after like, an hour and a bit that bacon covered with chili sauce that is going on in layers starts to turn into bacon chili sauce candy. Yeah. Caramelizes. Right? That's right. And so yeah. it's on top of, oh. well, a meat product. 
yeah. <laughs> now it happens yeah. that the meatloaf is also super delicious because yeah. all the fat from the the bacon drips into oh, yeah. the meatloaf right. and and well it may be death on a plate it is the yummiest thing you could ever Sounds imagine so good i'm telling you Sounds wonderful. Well, one of the other things we did was we thought, signed up for a workshop. We went to a workshop. I don't know if you know anything about Waldorf School. It's an alternative school from the es an esoteric um, tradition, a spiritual tradition, probably from about, I don't know, I want to say 1880. And you know the book we read um, way, way back by John Hogg, I think his name was, Stranger Than You Can Imagine? Yes. Yes, with all the stuff like converging at the time ideas converge. That was a really interesting book, wasn't it? Was it was a fun book. It was yeah. a really good fun book. I recommend it. And, and if we, if you hadn't read it and you're listening to this podcast, go out and get it because it's really cool. Well, he would have been from that kind of era too. And someone went to him and said, one of the parents of, um, you know, they were building a school and they said, well, we need something that has movement because um, movement's really important. And he had the feeling this this mother and daughter and and this fellow that created Waldorf School they had this feeling that like it was very the time we had to innovatively respond to the times which is what you know Einstein and Picasso and everybody was doing from that book so it would have been like an Isadora Duncan thing so this is a workshop that was very much like a interpretive dance do you remember the OA it's like yes. the OA, yes. where yes. they all of a sudden dance. Right? <laughs> I and, forgot about that. <laughs> and in, fact, in fact, we did letters like O and A, and I, I remembered that show again. Ooh. That series was so good. And so we did this workshop, and it was very nice. And we took a tour of this incredible school. I took a bunch of pictures um, of this alternative school. And um, just because when the um, pandemic happened, instead of staying home, they don't believe really in doing devices and Zoom. They're not really, they have tech, uh, you know, probably all the kids have uh, computers at home, but they really don't at the school. Everything is very organic and everything you touch, you learn from. It's a little bit like Montessori. So all the tools in the room, they look really fun like toys, but they're for learning. And when they do mm -hmm. um, the, the, you know, times table, they color it and draw all the numbers. It's really cute. So is, we put, does the name come from the same name as the Waldorf Astoria? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Or the Waldorf salad that comes from that hotel. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Well, what you, I you know, I, I just have to digress for a second. Yeah. And just tell you that <laughs> uh, many years ago, we had a friend of the family named Turnaround George. Mm -hmm. His name was George. And we called him Turnaround George because he had this phrase he used, turn around. And okay. he would use it to fill in space while he thought of the next oh, sure. part of the story he was making up. So he would say, then we turn around and do this. And then we turn around and do that. And sometimes he would do a double turn around, turn around and he turned around. Well, my dad used to tell me that George's father was a chef at the Waldorf. Oh. Okay. And I thought, wow, how cool that his dad lived in New York and was a chef at the Waldorf. Well, it turns out that George's dad was a short order cook at the Waldorf diner. <laughs> Oh, Joe. <laughs> I had no idea. Chef oh, at the wow. Waldorf. That's great. I love it. Chef at the Waldorf. That's well, that's just ridiculous. Sorry, okay, I interrupted so I you. It's okay. I don't know why it's called Waldorf to tell you this okay. the, the truth. And I have friends that are teachers within that tradition and friends that sent their kids to Waldorf school. Anyway, so they, they build outdoor classrooms. So I took pictures of those. It was super cool. So they didn't miss any school and they never closed the school down. They just sat outside. They put desks right. 
and they made some desks out of trees and logs and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. So also well, oh, we did that. And then we thought, oh, we, we love this one restaurant, Butcher and Bean. I've talked about it here before with the whipped feta and the fermented honey. I made a reservation. I got there. The reservation didn't work. We are pretty disappointed. But we ended up going down the street and we found this restaurant called Mar- Margot and it's French food. And you, it was you mean fantastic. you got there and they said what reservation? Yes. And, you know, really, I'm going to be honest with you. I think when someone says earnestly they had a reservation, you find a table. You, you yeah. get a card table. You I'm surprised they table. let you leave. I can't believe they let us leave. And I know there's, there's always another table. There's always squish us into the bar or something. I just think that it's just where the way I was trained in restaurants is you don't turn somebody away. I mean, if it was absolutely standing room only, you know, where I work, God, I don't know. You know, we don't go over capacity. Let me say that clearly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we would not turn anybody away. Okay, so anyway, we found a place down the street and we sat outside. It turned out to be just the most perfect place to go. And we ordered up a big martini each. And we had a wonderful martini. Oh, that's a good start. That's oh, what I call a good that's, start. That's called who cares if you have a reservation. That's what that is. And I had a dirty martini. She had a classic martini. And I got a tri-tip steak. It was incredible. We shared some warm olives and focaccia bread and olive oil. Mm. We just had a wonderful time sitting outside with candles and a light breeze on a summer evening in Nashville. Beautiful. We get back to the, oh, I had a glass of wine, uh, Cote de Rome. And I had to write it down. The, that's the region, I guess. I've got to get wine from the Cote de Rome. Um, so anyway, we um, go back to the hotel room and I, I'm like, well, I feel like a nightcap. So I'd make us a vodka <laughs> and tonic because we brought it with us in the hotel room. And once I started sipping it, I realized, oh, I think I'm pretty tired. I'm probably not going to finish this drink. And and she said, I'm going to, we both put our TVs on. I put on Dateline or something. We had two TVs and I was on a fold out couch and she was on the bed. And, and well, I thought, I guess I'm not going to finish this drink. I think I'm pretty tired. And we had a really fun day planned for the next day in Nashville. Well, I fall asleep. And I guess at midnight, she wakes me up and she said, Candy, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to take me to the hospital to ER. I've had an allergic reaction. I had, yeah, she was worried about having, um, she's fine. She was worried about having indigestion or something. So she said, go, can you get me some Tums at the hotel lobby in the little store? Well, they didn't have Tums. I said, how about Alka-Seltzer? It says for Heartburn. Yeah, but they they had Alka-Seltzer. So I bring that back. Well, she's allergic to aspirin and NSAID. And guess what they have both of in Mm -hmm. Alka-Seltzer? I didn't know she was allergic. She never. So did you go off to the hospital to double check? Absolutely. So that's the right thing to do, even if it's a pain. Oh, yeah. This was at midnight. Oh, no, Eugene, I'm underplaying this. Her eyes were completely swollen. Oh, out, no. Way out from her head. Oh, no. I was, and also, we had some drinks. So she's like, you're going to drive me to the hospital. And I was like, of course. And she said, can you drive? I said, yeah, because I knew it was a, a little bit of time. But while we get, we throw on our clothes, right? She'd already gotten dressed. I throw on my clothes, shoes, get our, our purses. We go down the hall, and all I can remember is I've had a lot of first aid training. They say, don't drive yourself to the hospital for emergency. Um, but I, so I'm playing in my head. Well, oh, call the ambulance. Or, or something. So I thought, you know, I'm going to try an Uber. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I'm, I didn't say any of that. I'm thinking, I don't know. Also, I'm in a strange town. I don't know where the hospital is. So we asked the front desk, where's the closest hospital? She said, take that taxi. Literally a taxi pulled up, dropped off people, and the taxi driver took us. Wow. And Karen was, she was fine in the back of the car. She was fine, but it was terrible because she couldn't see anymore. 
She's completely blind. Oh, no. Oh, Eugene, it was so scary. I was so afraid. And so what did I, they do at the hospital? They pumped her with um, medical grade Benadryl. Okay. Um, there was another thing they gave her, um, steroids. And something else, which I've forgotten right now. Oh, antihistamines. And then they were watching her. They took care of her pretty quickly with those things. I would say within 15, 20 minutes. It felt like fucking hours, though. And I'm like, please don't. And so you could see the swelling went down? Oh, no, that's what I thought. I think that's in the movies. No, oh, no, no swelling went down. And then they were waiting a bit, but they they were, they were hadn't given her the, you know, the Pulp Fiction, the needle. Great, yes. We're like thinking it's going to go into the heart or something. I'm and sure it's go, not as dramatic as Pulp Fiction. And Frank, the, the uh, nurse, said, we're, I'm not doing that to you. Don't worry, but I am going to give you adrenaline. And so they did pull out the adrenaline and give it to her. And about two hours later, her eyes, you could see them peeping out just barely. But we were there till five in the morning. Oh, um, they sent us home. And I basically, we weren't sure what we were going to do. We, we knew our day was canceled. And then she was like, well, maybe we'll drive home straight from the hospital. So I said, okay, whatever you want to do. So I laid on the floor and, and slept for an hour because I was so worried about being tired. And she fell asleep too. The Benadryl was so strong. It just knocked her out for a while. Sure. So I slept on the hospital floor with a my my hoodie and uh they gave me a little blanket like a little sheet Aww. and yeah i know and i just fell asleep for about probably an hour on and off because i was so worried about the responsibility of driving home uh we went back to the room and, and at five and we both slept a couple hours and then we just immediately got in the car and came back to clarksville so she's doing well but i mean pretty much scared the living shit out of both of us and um, she's, it's still, I thought it would be immediately that you would stop swelling. It's not immediate at all. It's, it takes a couple of days. So in the move, my movie version, I've got a cat here. Can you see her? Who's it? Yes, I, I could hear the cat. And I was wondering if it was one of ours or one there. And I, then I could see the cat. Oh, and I realized cool. we're talking about a Clarksville cat. We are talking about a Clarksville cat, Missy. And she really, I know I was ignoring her. I, I thought she was just teasing me, but she really wanted out. <laughs> so that was um our weekend and we've just been laying low ever since pretty much i did some painting we've done some chores and and she's resting so that was my excitement i said well you know it's never boring with you <sighs> well yeah meanwhile when we weren't looking elon musk has bought twitter i know 44 million no billion billion, billion. 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 i said million I could have bought and, it for 44 mil. And, and I don't know what to think about this, really. Um, I, I do know this. I believe that if you have $44 billion, you have some kind of duty to the universe I to agree. be giving it back. I you need to be somewhere. aggressively giving it back because something something in the world went haywire that you got everything and other people have nothing. And it's just not right. Well, he himself could do reparations for North America. Canada and United States. Um, you know, you know, there's a meme out there. Grew up in apartheid, white national mother. He wants white guys to have freedom of speech on Twitter. I don't well, know if that's true, yeah. but that's a meme out there. It's yeah. not an. It's I, not I don't know. I don't know either. And I know some people are leaving Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple things to say about that. One is in terms of leaving Twitter because Elon Musk has bought it. Uh, he hasn't done anything yet. 
when he does something that I don't like, well, then maybe I'll leave it. But because there's some meme out there, I'm just going right. to ignore I that. I know, because that was a meme I saw. I have no... Tr- his mother could be a perfectly nice person. I probably shouldn't have even repeated it. I'm going to burn in hell for that. I'm sorry, Musk family. So I don't, I just, I just really don't know what to think, but I do think that I was thinking about leaving. I think that I was thinking, considering I was thinking, I was thinking, no, I was thinking that I was uh, thinking about leaving Twitter anyway. Oh, um, because. Excuse me. Mm. I'm not sure what I'm doing there. I, you know, I post some stuff there. I interact with some people there. But it seems that there's a lot of people who their mission on Twitter is to repeat back the talking points of the political party they support. Yeah. um, or, Or whoever they hate or whoever they love. And then there's an awful lot of just rip roaring hate. I've only caught a little bit of it when... Um, when I made a couple of comments that got the ire of the wacko right wing sect. Right. And um, and I, I've had once I made some comment and I just got piled on for like two days uh, of crap by, by oh. people who I can only assume are mentally ill. Right. So, you know, I'm not sure what's good about it. I really, I, I just, you know, well, there's, there are certain things like there's clubs out there, like there's like people who have stopped drinking. They all like support each other. There's people who are writers. They all support each other and do writers lifts and yeah. and conversations about writing, none of which I particularly want to take part in. So I don't really know what the hell I'm doing there. And now it's sold. And I don't know if that's good or bad. And I don't know if I'm going to stay or go or what. Well, so listeners, listeners, tell yeah. us. Do we stay on Twitter or do we leave Twitter? What do you think? I was going to ask. Yeah, thank you. Because we have an agency presence on there that I'm pathetic at keeping up. <laughs> I'm like the worst at it. But um, I want to say, like, you're worried about Elon Musk, but who owned it before? I mean, do we? Well, it was a public some... company, so shareholders owned it. Shareholders owned it. Yeah. But who created it? I mean, were these all angels? I don't know. I, and I mean, you know, I, I doubt it. Yeah. You know, I worry about what Founder just exactly what you said. Let, let's get more, more freedom of speech for white men. This right. is a little bit scary. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't I know. Don't, I just brought it up. Upset. I'm curious yeah. what people think. A, yeah, he was upset about so-called censorship of Twitter. I believe I do remember that last year. So, But it's not censorship when it's on Twitter. It's censorship if the government stops you from saying shit. It's not censorship if a private company doesn't let you talk on there you know it's it's every private business is allowed to have things how they want it to be there's you know if the government stopped you or a public um entity that got funding from the government or grants or something stopped you from doing something that would be censorship i believe if it's something to do with uh you know i don't know anyways facebook is a private uh company and so is twitter so you know, they can make the rules they want to make. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I always feel very mixed, mixed about Elon Musk. I mean, on one thing, one side, he's super creative and he did something really cool last week, which I can't remember where it was, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, it goes in the news and somebody does something. He did something somewhat benevolent. Um, and, you know, he is a fascinating person. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I like his girlfriend's music. There you go. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to see what happens. Yeah. For now, I'm just going to stick it out a little while longer and make an assessment. Um, I don't know. Like I say, I was thinking about leaving in any case, and I just might. <laughs> right. Right. Um, hey, I just completely change the subject. Uh, I need to make a plug oh. about an event. Okay. An event happening in your town. All right. And that is the Folklore Society Presents the Fiddler's Picnic. It's happening at the University of Chicago, Main Quad, April 30th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it's featuring Charlie Walden and Pat Plunkett, Great. Uh, our friends of the podcast, uh, yes. Pat and Possum. Uh, they'll be playing Midwest old time music for uh, for people there as well. There's going to be a student folk showcase and uh, people can sign up uh, online and there's going to be jam sessions. All levels welcome bring your instruments. So it's the Fiddler's Picnic, April 30th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., Main Quad, University of Chicago. And you get a chance to see two of my favorite musicians, Pat and Possum. That's right. So that's Friday. I'm going to try and go. Excellent. Hey, if you go, be sure to... to, Of um, course. To to take take a minute to have a chat with uh, Charlie and Pat. they had uh, they had very nice things to say about our our podcast uh, today. Or Charlie did on his tunes at noon, and I really appreciate that. Oh, that's so, super nice. That's great. I thought I'd throw a plug their way. Yeah. As well, um, I wanted to call attention to something posted uh, during the week. I believe it was it may have been posted over at our uh, agency podcast group by mm-hmm. a friend of uh, of the podcast, Adam Andia. Mm-hmm. And it was about things invented in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And, and I, I, I wanted to mention it because they missed some. Uh-oh. So okay, let's good. just take a minute and go through a few of the spectacular things that were invented in Canada. And then some of, of the them. things that were missed. I know one of them. Basketball. Basketball, yes, was missed. Did you have that? I think it wasn't, it wasn't on the list, but uh, I had it, it on my list. Oh, you did. Okay, good. Yes. So on the list that was published, Butter Tarts. Yay. And in fact, we have a butter tart festival every year somewhere in Ontario. Hello, I'm not sure where it do. is. I know because I think I've been by it. And if uh, you and go then, in northern yeah. Ontario, it's not uncommon in, in any corner store to have home-baked butter tarts for sale. And they are and, yummy. Yeah. You know what my father used to say about butter tarts? No. Never eat them during never eat them during fly season. <laughs> <laughs> But I digress. Uh, okay, also on the list, poutine, um, Nanaimo a- bars, Hawkins Cheerios. Not, sorry, cheesies. Hawkins cheesies. <laughs> not Cheerios. Hawkins cheesies are the best cheesies in the world. Uh, ginger ale. I didn't know that. Canola oil. Canola Ooh. oil, which is a hybrid. It's it's a, I don't a like hi- it. Why don't you like it? I don't like it. I don't think it's good to cook with, and I don't think it's good to digest from. Really? I use it all the time for cooking. I think oh. it's a good, a perfectly good oil. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> uh, and canola oil is a, uh, is a hybrid, um, hybridized from uh, a plant that used to be called rapeseed. Yep. Um, pablum. And then I'm sorry about this one. Um, please, please forgive Canada for this one. Instant mashed potatoes. What a mistake. You know, I brought some, I, I brought some instant potatoes camping last year when I went on a camping trip and we tried to eat them. Yeah. And it was just, 
it was a real problem because there was a fire ban at the time. So we couldn't just burn the evidence. We had to really <laughs> eat them or feed them to the seagulls. So. Trader Joe's had an amazing instant potato, which I don't know why I bought it. I just thought they made it. I'll try it. And it was very good. But they they discontinued it. So we allegedly invented Yukon gold potatoes. Oh. I guess you would say developed. Well, Yukon, I guess it's in the name. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think you invent a potato. You you work with the hybrids and yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. So I don't know. I maybe it fits. You're right. We don't invent it. You're right. You know, That's yeah. You know, like we uh, we figured out insulin. And, and diabetes and all of that stuff, but we didn't invent it. Okay. <laughs> uh, peanut butter. I didn't know we invented peanut butter. Up no, here. that's amazing. Who knew? And Boy, what year? I don't know, but it was we one of our even, better days, eh? Yeah, we can't even grow peanuts, can we? I don't know, but we can turn it into butter. <laughs> we can add icing sugar and turn it into butter. <laughs> California rolls were invented in Canada. I bet Vancouver. Vancouver. Yes. Ben Ruby so. must have been behind that one. Nice. I, that's the only sushi that I eat because I love it so much. It's not that I don't like other sushi. I just love a California roll so much that I never get past it. Um, if I go with other people, uh, there's a beautiful squash sushi, you know, the squash sushi. I do like that, but it's so hard for me to not get past. I just want a California roll badly. I want one right now. <laughs> <laughs> Something called the Cuban lunch was invented in Winnipeg. Do you know what that is? I, I looked I feel it up. Like I should. I feel like I should because I, it's a familiar term and it, it doesn't surprise me. It's from Winnipeg. It's apparently it's a chocolate bar. Oh, Cuban and it lunch. Started, it and it started solution. off as like a, yes. like a, some, it's a peanuts. saying. It's yeah, got it's, a whole bunch of nuts and stuff in it, right? Yeah. And then it became yeah. an actual chocolate bar. Yeah. Uh, actually, the drink, the Caesar. I knew that. The Caesar and because... Because here in Canada, we understood here in the land of clams, <laughs> we understood that if you put a if you put clam juice in your bloody berry, it just elevates the yeah. heck out of it, doesn't yeah. it? It's a great yeah. hangover cure. Um, we invented something called beaver tails. Yeah. For those who, awful, who do not awful. know what a beaver tail yeah. is, it yeah. is a slab of deep fried dough <laughs> rolled in flavored sugar. And uh, and this this particular meme suggested that we invented maple syrup. I'm sure there are people in Vermont who would have a bone to pick with us who would say, "Listen, we've been making maple syrup as long as they have up there." Well, you know that that goes back to when you said, "Did do we invent anything?" Because First Nations would have been using maple syrup long before anybody. Yeah, we, you would we think so. First Nations, yeah. we did, we did. It started in the Northwest. Northwest and, um, you know, around Seattle, Vancouver. There you go. Um, Hawaiian pizza. I did know that. I knew that. And they please, thought, please forgive us. Forgive us for that one too. I know. I don't like it, but everybody I know loves it. Most people and, just love that. And apparently in Calgary, they invented something called ginger beef. Hmm. Is that from the indigenous food of Chinese Canadian? I think so, yes. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Chinese and Canadian food, yes. We apparently invented chewing gum. Time. Yes. Chewing so, gum? Really? Yeah, my apparently. grandmother, one of my grandmothers. If you believe everything on this. Right. Well, that's funny because, well, chewing gum used to have a lot more rubber. We were talking about chewing gum here um, this week because someone fixed something on their car by just chewing it for a few seconds. 
so you don't get rid of the sugar. And he put it around the cap of um, something on his card. I can't remember what he told me at the part was. Oh, that reminds me of the episode of Green Acres <laughs> where they were getting the trying to bring the apples to market and they uh-huh. blew a head gasket. And oh. Mrs. Douglas had just made flapjacks or hotcakes <laughs> she called them her hotcakes and so she cut the six hotcakes and the remaining fit yeah. right over like the spark plugs or whatever oh. and and replaced the head gasket in the car and got them I, to market it says something about how tough her pancakes were <laughs> <laughs> i think that was the whole point i think it is i loved yeah. green acres you know yeah green that acres was a great show cool. well i told you i watched that show bless this mess it's kind of like green acres all right. Yeah. Well, if it's like Green Acres, it'll be good. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not finished here. Okay. Let's go on to the list of um, stuff that isn't on the list. Okay. <laughs> this is the this is the appendum to the official list. Right. All right. The Robertson screwdriver. Correct. That's so important. Come on. Now there there may be people in the United States who aren't aware of the Robertson screwdriver, and in particularly up in Canada, we identify them by their color. So we yes. don't say, could I have a, a mid-sized Robertson screwdriver? Right. We say, could I have a green screwdriver? They're genius. Whoever invented that. And then that. a red screwdriver is the bigger one. Yeah, it's brilliant. And they're rectangular. None <laughs> of this, like in America, they use the Phillips, like with the X. Yeah. Well, we discovered up here in Canada yeah, that the rectangle is way better than the X. It's stronger. It, it, any old fool knows that a Robertson yeah. is the best the best screw around. Yeah, it's less likely to strip. They do strip, but it's less likely, I think. Yes. I believe there's hard science behind that. Yeah. So next on the list, okay. the pager. We invented oh, the pager. Oh, no. That's okay, wait. That's there's for all more. the pot dealers. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Yeah, really. Road Maybe lines. Forever. What? Road lines were allegedly <laughs> invented in Canada. <laughs> It says so on the internet, Gandhi. It's got to be true. That seems wrong. That's funny. Okay. That's hilarious. The Wonder Bra, a Canadian oh, I invention. That. I definitely believe that. Yeah. I love IMAX. Canadian bras. IMAX. Really? IMAX. Uh, you mentioned oh, basketball. Oh, IMAX. That, um, was that invented at one of the expos, I bet? Um, maybe that was first at Expo 67, right? They had a big IMAX. Yeah, and then it would, they had the big one at Ontario Place. Yeah, remember seeing Catch the Sun and um, <laughs> yeah, Catch the Sun, and there was another one that we used to see all the time at the IMAX there. Okay, um, I don't remember what it's called now. I don't know Catch the Sun, but I definitely have been to IMAX many many times. Uh, we invented the pacemaker. Wow, interesting. The, the fiberglass goalie mask. That makes sense. Yes. And probably invented by Jacques Plante himself. Exactly. In his garage. He Absolutely. probably made it out of fiberglass in his garage. Absolutely. And um, we invented Java. The, oh, uh, really? The program? The program, yes. Yeah. So oh, there you go. And there's probably more things. And what about the Canada arm? <laughs> well, and the Canada arm, okay. Yeah, but that's not universal. The things that those, that, that list are things that spread culturally. I mean, yeah. Chicago is just, you know, there's probably six places you can get poutine now since 2000. Wow. Are, is there anyone 2000. doing like the really good poutine no. with the no. squeaky curds? No, it's not. It's it's always got a problem. I, I, I never have it because they, people don't understand that I believe the gravy is made out of uh, pork and beef. And it has to be really hot. It has to be so hot that you can't even time it properly. 
it, the French fries have to be hot. You throw on the cheese, then you put on that boiling hot gravy. I've never had it warmer than tepid. And for and, any and Americans a, wanting to come up to Canada to try the poutine, yeah. just go to Montreal, my friends. Yeah. Just go to Montreal. Mean I don't eat the tepid poutine. I just want to make well, that of course, clear. Yes. And I love every second of it, but it's never warm. It's not even warm, never mind hot. I it's, once ate spaghetti and meatballs poutine in a <laughs> diner in Geraldton, Ontario. Well, and it was spectacular. I bet they were. Well, that's the thing. There's so many. <laughs> it's it's hard to even describe what that is. You just no, have to imagine, right? Kind of disturbing. But I had Polish nachos one time, and that was with potato chips, fried uh, <laughs> in, potato chips. <laughs> it was delicious. Uh, it was amazing. And it was at this bar in, um, I want to say, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, I can't say it. Maybe over. I know it's by Berlin Nightclub. I, that's all I can say. Stagel, correct me later. <laughs> hey, hey, you mentioned um, you, you mentioned uh, uh, restaurant work. Uh, there's a new series out that focuses on a young woman getting a job in a swanky restaurant, oh. featuring all the wacky characters you would expect oh. to run into yeah. who work hard at the swanky restaurant and party hard oh. afterwards. It's called Sweet Bitter. It's on the Stars streaming service. S-T-A-R-Z, which we get on Prime. Yeah. And it's about a young woman who moves to New York City and gets a job at a swanky restaurant. And the story centers on the main character's interaction with um, a wacky cast of characters and her romantic entanglements. And of course, she's a very young, she's a young woman. So she's, it's a coming of age story. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So story Ella Purnell as Tess. Oh. And, you know, it. I really want it to be good. The first episode, I thought, this has potential to be good. Yeah. The yeah. second episode, oh, this could be good. Hmm. By the third episode, it's like, why isn't this getting oh, better? Bad. So I'm hoping it will pick up. Right. Uh, I thought that more of the different characters and how their personalities influence how the restaurant runs was very interesting. And I would like to see more of that kind yeah. of thing but it really focuses more on this young woman and her relationships with all these different people and she's learning about drugs and um different men um and i don't know stuff like that yeah okay <laughs> how's well, that i don't know stuff like that how's that for a review yeah that's a good review um are you following julia following julia yep. yeah yeah um, i'm dripping with charm yeah, I'm sorry. Pardon? I what did, did episode six today. Okay, I, yep. I'm caught up, so I, I should be there too. Which one was oh, that? That was bread. Yes, a very sweet episode. Um, you know, kind of a lot of fun. It was a little whimsical. You know, one thing I'm really noticing is where it's kind of enjoying the time period. It's I guess 62, 63, and it's got the retro thing, and and their problems are really work oriented. It's kind of wonderful problems to have, you know. It's like, how do we get this yeah. to work in the oven? It's very sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. It's dripping with charm. Yeah, the, uh, this one looks sweeter than the other episodes. It's it's not a hard-hitting look at the lives of Julia and Paul by any stretch of the imagination. No. No. It's very easygoing in, in terms of the way it depicts uh, all the interactions. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and it's okay. It's still tasty and delicious. Yes. And it's just beautiful looking. Her kitchen is beautiful. The houses are beautiful. I like the, the, the newsroom where they've sold now. They've syndicated it somehow. And um, I like the, um, you know, they can't go on holiday because their show's so popular. Yes. I really it. liked the James Beard episode. Yes, I did too. I thought that was a scream. Whoever I they had playing it. James Beard was totally delightful. Yeah, and then good. when they got Julia up singing with um, this uh, drag queen um, yes. who was dressed as her. Yes. Uh, it was really, it was really delightful. It was yes. beautifully done. Brilliant. I really enjoyed that episode a lot. I yeah, thought that was too. the best one so far. I think you're right. And um, I like Isabella Rossellini. I wish she was in it a bit more. She plays her original chef in, in France. And it's so great to see, you know, her. I haven't seen her in a movie or TV for such oh, a long time. Oh, she plays Simca? Yeah, she plays Simca. Ah, okay. Yeah, so you will you can just hear her voice. And um, I want to see who plays James Beard. I'm trying to look it up real quickly. Yeah, I, I didn't think to look it up. Yeah, I, I remember noticing it and he was, and, and I've just forgotten. Oh, I like it. There's articles like the true story of Julia Child's friendship with James Beard. So, oh, where is it? I can't find it fast enough. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Well, we've been trying to follow a number of series as they come out and we're ahead on all of them. Oh. One of them was Julia. Yeah. And the other one is Winning Time. Oh, yeah. I'm behind on we, that now. Yes. We watched uh, the newest one last night. Okay. Uh, we're still we're still enjoying it. It's it too drips with charm. <laughs> I think that's the nostalgia, correct? It's the nostalgia. It's uh, they keep it lightweight, even when they get they talk about something that's grittier. They manage to keep a positive, lightweight sort of spin on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit too clever for mm-hmm. for my boots. But nonetheless, I'm enjoying it and I'm going to watch it till the bitter end. Yeah, me too. Me too. I just I think I'm a little concerned that they apparently didn't seek any comments or advice or feedback or even talk to (laughs) Uh any any of the Lakers who played on the Showtime Lakers. Oh, well, maybe they wanted artistic freedom. (laughs) Well, maybe they did. Um, But I could see why people who are still around like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic mm-hmm. Johnson might want to wanted to be able to tell a bit of that story and mm-hmm. maybe could have added some insight. And mm-hmm. they've come out publicly and said, well, no one asked us anything. Yeah, I know that happens. I, I, well, I guess I just- I'm of two minds. Yeah, me too. me too. I would have talked to them even mm-hmm. if I didn't even if I didn't make it their story the same way. Mm-hmm. I would have still wanted to get more. I would have- I would have wanted to have more information going in to do my story. Yeah. I th- I guess it's also what's interesting is it's not as if they're gone. You know, if it was looking back at Julia Childs, I mean, this could be a creative response about Julia Childs. There could be an, a, a, a lot of creative license taken, but she's not, she's not here. It's not hurting her, but you know, um, they're not doing anything bad about these guys. It's just not, they're not getting their insight. You're right. Um, I want to say James Beard is played by Christian Clemenson, and we would know him. I used to watch Boston Legal. I guess that's why I recognize him. But he's also in the Big Lebowski and Apollo 13. There you go. There you go. Yeah. He, he was really good. 
Yeah. So yeah, I guess that is tricky. I don't know what to say about it. Yeah, um, and it's one of those things where when you fictionalize mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. You, in time, in near while people are alive. Yes. Well, I think it could be challenging in any time. Yeah. You know, I I think, for instance, when we we spoke with uh, with Dennis about about his book, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was he was fictionalizing history as well, but it was all things that could have happened. Yeah. And it was an, another way of looking, another point of view, looking at that kind of period, which was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys, as you say, are are revising history while the protagonists, some of them are still <laughs> around. Yeah. And and I think if I were one of the protagonists, I would say, hey, no, yeah. no, no, that didn't happen. This happened. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Or you make me look bad or you make me look oh. too good. Remember there was, that came up with the fiction, so-called fictionalized version of Amanda Knox's story. And Amanda Knox said, you know, I, I don't care that you guys are doing this about my life. You didn't talk to me or get my permission. Um, it doesn't seem as weird on a true crime story to have that depiction. Yeah. It really, I, I can't remember what movie that was that I'm even remembering that on that she didn't like being done to her. And I don't think it was her. It was that one with Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. where it was a story yes. that was kind of yes. like her yes. story. Thank you, yes. But never actually said, oh, this is her story. Right, and I guess they could have changed it, but they can't change the names, you know? Well, it's funny because I just texted my friend Trisha, who's going to be doing some editing with me, and I said I want to do a little 10-minute uh, biopic of a writer called Frances Yates. And I've got her, her biography here, Frances Yates and the Hermetic Tradition. And I thought it would be really fun to just get her photos and do a collage and animation you know, and just tell about who she was and what she believed in. I've read this book um, a long time ago, but it's just funny about she's long gone, you know? So there's a kind of freedom to highlight that person. But I want it to be kind of really about her. I don't want to make up something. Sure. Well, you know, I I did a little bit of that in my graphic novel. Yes. In that I brought back to life Walt Solek, the, the clown prince of polka and put him in a poker game. Right. I brought back to life uh, the king of the polka, Lil Wally, and had him playing with my character, mm-hmm. Lazy Allen. Mm-hmm. And I I created a character who had a patch on one eye and looked suspiciously like Esteban Steve <laughs> Jordan, Hordan, and called him Senor Steve. Yeah. So was it the same person? It was certainly someone inspired by. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I obviously see the value in doing that kind of work. And I did it with fun and relish. when I Yeah. And I guess I would there. call that this is a creative um, they've taken a stepping off point creatively of those real life characters, you know, and they're using their names. <laughs> and they're, yeah, and they're still alive. And they're still alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a weird thing. It's a weird, weird topic. I don't know what to say because I love the show so much. And I certainly love both of those men massively throughout my, for my whole life, I've loved them. And so it's just a treat for me. I don't feel like, I feel like how don't be mad. They're doing a good by you, and they're making it a lot. And in a way, they are. They are because they've brought them. I mean, they never left the culture, but they brought them alive again, if you will. To today's like, kids. Today's to- kids. It's almost like it's better than them going on Dancing with the Stars. Let me put it that way. 
<laughs> but it's kind of like that because when people go on Dancing with the Stars, it usually revitalizes their career. We've now found out there's no such thing as a husband anymore. It used to be you could be a husband, but we found out that well, who like who that. would ever think that that George Foreman would become one of America's beloved personalities? Nobody. Nobody. You know who I love him in the best is that show. And I guess they're not doing another season. Well, I mean, COVID, they couldn't. I don't think they could even risk it because of seniors and their vulnerability. But they have that show, Never Say Never. I don't know anything about that. With Henry Winkler. uh, Henry Winkler, the Fonz. And William Shatner, George Foreman and Terry Bradshaw. And it's it's fucking Oh my goodness, what a cast. It's amazing. It's dad humor. And it's them. They actually make them. Then they have a young sidekick, a comic called Jeff. I forgot his last name. And he decides where they're going to travel. And they all get on a plane and go to Morocco and Germany. And they look up their past or look up topics. And they're like, it's one of the most delightful series. And these guys are so silly. And their humor is, you know, like your dad. It's hilarious. Um, Every one of them is very funny. (laughs) You know, do you remember the the film uh, When We Were Kings? Yes. I about uh, yes, about the uh, um, the the time up to and including uh, the big boxing match between Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Yeah. Uh, in which uh, Muhammad Ali won using his now famous rope-a-dope <laughs> <laughs> in Zaire, a place that no longer exists. Wow. Kinshasa Zaire I guess it's reverted back to the Congo and I really don't know a lot about that history I'm embarrassed to say I'm gonna have to read about that and find out all the stuff that happened there I I don't know but I was thinking about that because you know what we see of George Foreman in that film is he's mean and he's a killer and he doesn't say much and he looks mean and he looks nasty and he had a dog with him. He brought a dog with him to Africa and there was some kind of uh, controversy about that. People thought that he was extra mean because he had this dog. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that was all about, uh, but uh, I never would have thought that George Foreman would be the lovable George Foreman we see today. And he really is. And, and they play with that, that mean side of him too. Like, ah, George, you know, Oh, you've got to get a catch. I think it's called never too late, never too late. You've got to see if you can find it somewhere on YouTube or something. Cause it's really hilarious. Okay. So goofy. And um, I hope they can make another, I mean, at one point, I think, I think William Shatner was 86. I mean, it's just, it just gives you a lot of right on Captain Kirk. Yeah. And he's the one who's like, they get tired of him. He explains all the historical value of places and they're all like, (laughs) (laughs) and they're just being themselves and a little bit extra. Um, Yeah. It's lovely. Of of the series we're following the best of them though, Mm. by far, Mm. in my opinion, is Tokyo Vice. Oh, it's so good. I do. Love I am loving. It. I am loving the Tokyo Vice. Yeah, I'm behind you, but I love it. It just gets better. Three and episodes, better. three or four episodes. It's so good. We're all caught up. Okay. And, and I, the other director is somebody I really care about. I wrote his name down. I've forgotten it right now. Go ahead. It just gets better and better. It's a newspaper movie. Yes. It's a movie about the clash between two cultures. Yes. Japanese culture and the gaijin. Yes. The foreigner. What's and, a foreigner? Okay, you got to, yeah. Or the outsider. I'm not the sure outsider, what the, yes. the exact translation is. Created, co-created with Michael Mann. 
co-created with Michael Mann, produced and executive Rogers. producer Michael Mann. Yeah. And it's it's got good cops and bad cops. Yes. It's got good newspaper people, bad newspaper people. It's yep. so it's got everybody. Everybody is in somewhere in this kind of spectrum of gray, right? There's good gangsters and bad gangsters. Mm -hmm. uh, there's um, one of the main characters is a hostess who was a missionary and then stole all the money from the mission. And, right. and now someone's caught up to her. Right. And that's one of the uh, parts of the plot line that's happening uh, right now. Uh, tremendously exciting um, I really enjoy the, the detail in the development of the characters. They're really putting a lot of effort into um, letting you see what the different characters are really all about and that they aren't just one dimensional. Right. Um, so pretty fascinating. I'm it loving is. it. I'm highly recommending Tokyo Vice. I think it's an HBO production. It is. And we get that up here on Crave. And in fact, right now, Crave is where it's at in, in Canada because we're watching Tokyo Vice, Julia, and Winning Time all on Crave. Yeah, that's right. It is, it's doing its it's doing a great job up and there. There was also Mayor of East Town. Yes. And that other one with Jeff Kathy, Daniels. Oh, Jeff the was, Sinner. Yep. What was that called? The Sinner. The Sinner? Wasn't it? Oh, Jeff Daniels? Yeah. Oh no, I'm wrong. That was Bill Pullman. Um, Jeff Daniels. What was Where that? Where he plays he plays the cop. Know, the cop. I love that one. I forgot the name. Yeah, Sorry. I forget it too. Yeah. Uh, but they've all been on Crave up here, so we've been uh, paying a lot of attention to that streaming service. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the direct the direction on Tokyo Vice is incredible. It's beautiful. Yes, it is. Well, some of the times it's um, what's his name? It's Michael Mann, but it's also Yosef Kubato Vladaika. I don't know how to say his name. So yeah, it's really like someone right. has like a, a Japanese slash Ukrainian name. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's uh, he's a beautiful director too. His episodes are really good too. Yeah, it's really nice That's interplay it. between the action sequences, which could be sudden violence, right, and the character development. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what I started watching and I had to turn it off. I thought I was going to watch it before I talked to you today, but it's quite a long movie. It's about three hours. What's it's that? It's called The Batman. Oh my God. I started watching The Batman too. And guess what? I can't what? understand anything they're saying. Do you know why? Everyone talks like this and yes. I can't hear what they're saying. I can't either. I know. I, feel so like I fell asleep I feel and then like I shut it, it off. <laughs> I shut it off. But I will tell you, I am having said that, I'm the atmosphere, really loving it. The atmosphere is yeah. very exciting. It's amazing. It really is. The atmosphere is beautifully and depicted. Even and Catwoman looks like this too. Yes, they all talk like this. And I I first of all, I was lying down watching it. Then I had to sit up by the computer with my ear by the speaker. <laughs> and I have it blasting. And I still can't understand what the fuck they're yeah. saying. I found it very frustrating because I would turn up the volume. <laughs> and then I it would like hurt my head because there was all the atmosphere sound effects. Um, and I still couldn't hear them talking. And then if I turned it down so that the atmosphere right. wasn't hitting me in the head, I couldn't hear a word. I know. It's so funny, but it is beautiful. And I really like it. Listen, I'm almost two hours into it. So I still only have another hour to go. I'll and have I'm to go back to and, and try to get through. I don't 
think I've even seen the Riddler yet. <laughs> He's in it, but I haven't seen him yet. But I have seen the Penguin. I've seen, yeah, I've seen the Penguin, and I think there's a note from the Riddler. There's notes from the Riddler. Definitely, yeah. there's notes from the Riddler. But you know what? Do you know who's playing Penguin? Oh, Colin I did, but I forget. Farrell, Colin Farrell. He's unrecognizable. <sighs> he's one of my favorite actors, and he's a character and a half in it. He's like a gangster at a nightclub. And they don't call him the Penguin. He doesn't like to be called that. <laughs> and he's frustrated. He's like a mid 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 level management. He's just, you know, he's not happy with his fate in life, but it's Colin Farrell. He has such incredible makeup and prosthetics on. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. We're going to find out tomorrow that I'm hallucinating that he's um, playing. Uh, his name's like Oz. His nickname is Oz, I think. And he's so good, though. Colin Farrell, I'm in love with in Bruges. In, um, he was in True Detective, the second season. He's just one of a phone booth, one of my very favorite actors. He's so good. Well, I'd like to say that I loved it, um, <laughs> but I did fall asleep. It's so and... funny that we both had that experience. I'm like, what the hell are they saying? I miss. I know there's a mystery here. I wonder if it has to do with the technology that's used at, on in theaters yes. and how it translates to yes. the TV. Yes, like that, somehow it doesn't work right on TV. No, it, I think that's exactly the problem. And I was thinking, well, you know, sometimes I have a speaker that goes with my TV. I think that would probably be a good way to watch it. I think it would work then. But the way it is on, on the way I've got it on this limited sound system, I'm telling you, it was just a joke. It was, but having said that, it's absolutely, it's absolutely beautiful. And, um, you know, Robert Patterson is a great cast. He's very androgynous in this. I don't know if you noticed that. It's he's. I feel kind of guilty for being so old and that he's so attractive in it. Um, but I don't feel it in that way. I just feel like he might be one of my new favorite Batmans because his eyes are very... He's doing some good eye acting in that suit. Remember Val Kilmer? How he told us how the bat suit was horrible to work in? Right. <laughs> in, his, in his documentary? Well, you you know, this Batman is kind of interesting because he... He came running out of the top of the building and Gotham looks like New York. It doesn't look like Chicago and some other Batmans. It looks like Chicago. He comes running out of the top of like the Chrysler building or something. And he seemed to be afraid of heights. He got to the edge and was like afraid. Then he puts on this parachute and it fucks up and gets caught on a bridge and he smashes into a bus. So I kind of like the, this little um, kind of semi learning curve we're seeing in Batman or he's a little clumsy. But his androgyny is incredible. And did you notice on his bat suit that he's actually got a two-tone bat suit and underneath on his chest, it looks like he's wearing a bra or a bikini. It's a shape of a bra. And, hmm. you know, that's can't be an accident. Matt Reeves is the director, and I think he's doing an incredible job of it. And he made one of my favorite movies, Cloverfield. You ever seen Cloverfield? I know that, no. Oh, my God, it's such a cool movie. Um, all told from a party um, handicam. There's a party in New York and they're doing a handicam during the party to film the, it's like a goodbye party or someone's birthday party. And then something terrible comes to New York city. And the rest of the story is told out on that timeline. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying, um, John Turturro is pretty interesting. He plays some kind of another gangster. And uh, he's got the sunglasses. He never takes the sunglasses off. He's kind of interesting. Mm. I'll have also, to take another shot at it. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it with you know as loud as I can with a try and put a speaker 
you know, I, I will admit I usually am not big on the superhero movies. Right, right. So, but I'd, I'd like to give right. another shot yeah, at this one. It yeah. could have been I was just tired. Yeah. You know, I was, it's been a rough couple of weeks. So, yeah. Yes, it has. Um, hey, and, I, I, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention something when we were talking about things invented in Canada. Okay. And this isn't exactly something invented in Canada. Superman. But who is, <laughs> who is the most interviewed individual on Toronto radio right now? It's a quiz. You tell me. No, I, I, I'm going to not know who it is. I don't think because I'm going to give you a there. hint. Answer with a question. Well, it can't be. Oh, it's Mattia Roach, the Toronto woman who is oh, shredding, shredding Jeopardy. Yes, shred- yes, of course. She's all I over Toronto that? radio. Everyone it's- wants to talk to her. Oh, I bet because she just keeps on winning. I Go know, Toronto. Pretty exciting. pretty exciting. Yeah, good. Somebody That's called in, she was being interviewed somewhere, someone called in who was also on Jeopardy and, and mm. said something like, well, too bad you didn't get to meet Alex. <laughs> That's not cool. How catty is that? Yeah, huh? actually just terrible. I'm sure she nice. was thinking, yeah, but I've won the big money. Yeah, yeah. I Alex- don't know what she's up to, but it's a lot. Yeah. That's insane. That's wonderful. It's so exciting. She said that going down to L.A., a U.S. customs agent told me to rock em, sock em at Jeopardy. <laughs> so that's what I tried to do. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, she really is special. And she's, she's really happy that she's she's paid off her student loan. Oh, my God. Isn't that adorable? I just love it. I love it, too. So adorable. I'm going to check my notes if I have anything else here I wanted to mention to you. And I don't think I do. If you would like to reach the agents, you can email us anytime at theagency.podcast at gmail.com. And we love your email, although apparently I'm not allowed to look at it because (laughs) every now and then, every now and then Google puts like a two factor identification thing on and I, and I can't, I can't get at the email unless I ask them to text me. But if I do that, it texts candy. Right. So unless gonna, she knows it's going to happen. Yeah. So I'm going to check it right now while you're um, sure. making sure you share the. Uh, Just in case we have, we have emails that are coming in as we record. Exactly. It could happen. I know I was trying to figure out how could we do that, that you could, you could text us a question or something, but while we're recording, but we're not doing it live anyway. So it doesn't make any sense why I was thinking that now, because I've got zoom open and we're doing this, it's a little slow opening up Gmail. Isn't that fascinating? Okay, I'm going to check and see if we have any mail. This is how much we love mail, that we're going to check and see if we have any. And poor Eugene. And when you told me you had trouble getting in, I meant to look before we started this again. Critical security alert. Go to hell. No, it's not. It's (laughs) me. Okay. I'm looking, looking, nothing. No, oh, I should, I should say, you know how you get you get scammed? You, maybe you don't get them. I don't know. You get scam phone calls about your credit card number and that sure. sort of stuff. Sure. Well, I got one of those from Scotiabank yeah. about my credit card. There has been unusual activity on your credit card. And it's like scam, <laughs> yeah. scam, scam, yeah. scam, scam. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I tried to order a couple of things on uh, the ordering machine and my payment was declined. Oh. So I called my credit card company. Yeah. And I was on hold for 45 minutes. And oh, then I talked God. to somebody who couldn't help me for 45 oh, minutes. No. And then I was on hold for another 20 minutes. And then I was talking to a fraud person who said, oh, yeah, that was us who called you. What? 
because somebody has tried to compromise my credit card and there are a bunch of charges on it. And now um, they managed to finally stop block it because they recognized that they thought something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's why they were calling me, but I thought it was a scam. And I'm talking to the person who calls me on the phone. She sounds like a child. And and I'm saying, I don't believe you're Scotiabank. And instead of (laughs) saying, well, I could prove you were Scotiabank, she said, oh, okay, bye. (laughs) So I guess she figured that she hit the shut off his credit card button. Then you'll call us back, that's for sure. (laughs) This is how I'll get you to listen. Oh so now, my God. So now I can't use credit card till I get a new one. Yeah. Like it's, they're not just holding it. They're killing that credit card and I get a whole new number. Right. And then I'm going to have to go into everywhere where I've put my credit card number in for an auto yes. payment. Uh-oh. I've got to remember what all those are. Yeah. And yeah. go and put it in so okay. that uh, I can get back in action again. Well, you still have storage on your iPhone. <laughs> mine is telling me now i have no storage left i'm like i got rid of everything on my phone dude come on oh you're gonna have to look at what you have to get rid of yeah of course there's probably some big things you have to get rid of there probably is as well as on my computer (laughs) yeah what's that i've been watching i don't know trying to read i've got a you know I'm, i'm back into my research so i'm pretty excited uh, you know, some regular nonfiction reading I'm doing, reading Theatre of the World by Francis Yates, who I want to do the little mini biography of. So, and it's about Robert Flood. Robert Flood was a magician, a scientist in the Renaissance, just a, a stage designer, a lot of fun. And we've just about wrapped up a group discussion online in my book club on the Merry Wives of Windsor. So I have been reading and discussing, and that's been great. I've been reading too, but very slowly. Yeah. I'm trying to get through a, a novel that's quite interesting, but I haven't had good solid reading time. Mm. So, you know, when you're trying to, you keep pick up, pick up a novel, and then you have to go back a few pages to see where you were. Mm-hmm. And then you reacquaint yourself with that and you read a little bit more and then you get distracted. And then yep. you go back and you have to go back a couple of pages and you realize I haven't got any <laughs> further than I was four yeah. days ago. Yeah. So I'm having one of those relationships with a, a novel oh. and I have to just find a few hours to, to sit that down. That is and get usually the best way is when you just can have a, a cup of tea and some cookies that helps reading a lot. Some nice cookies. Tea and cookies actually helps yeah. most things. Most things makes it all better. Yeah, so we've been eating Walker. I brought some shortbread cookies with me. Um, I took the bus down, the Greyhound bus, and uh, it was about 12 hours. I, I I managed to sleep some of it. Stops an awful lot. You know, it's a six and a half hour drive, but for some reason the bus takes like 18 hours or something. And I brought these cookies. I completely forgot I had them because I thought, oh, on this on the Greyhound bus, I'll be so nervous. I'll, I'll, some cookies will be great. Um, everyone wore masks, but the buses are brand new. They must have been made like last year or something. Um, anyway, I, I found the cookies in my bag. I put them on the kitchen table here and it's been a huge success. So we had to run out and get all the Walker's shortbread cookies in the world because everyone here, there's four. They're pretty rooms. yummy. Yeah, they're pretty yummy. There's four. They're, the, rec- they're the rectangular Scottish shortbread. Yes, right? exactly. Yes, they're very yeah, delicious. They're so good. In the in the tartan plaid, red plaid box, yes. which is so yummy. So that was a big hit. <laughs> when in doubt bring cookies that's right that's right 
and a paintbrush. <laughs> Cookies and a paintbrush solves the world's well, problems. I dug I dug out the weeds in, in their um little garden in the backyard too. I posted that on Facebook. So that was fun. Yeah, staying busy. Well, sounds sounds like you're having a good trip. Is uh, Stag trip. still in Chicago working? He is, and he had his art. The art thing that we both would have been at yesterday, but I didn't make it back in time. And he sold some paintings, so he's feeling awesome! Yay, yeah. stag! Yeah, and he got to talk to so that when you people. get home, he can take you out for dinner with that's his, right his new earnings. That's right, or we can do some things for the car. <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's pretty exciting, and uh, that's it. That's my week, and um, I'll be heading back in a day, and um, you know been a good time it's been good oh. to read though it's been good after good. all that stupid thing with the fire to go back and be able to focus and read it feels so good reading's always good I always think. good yes i agree i agree well oh if, i'm doing chi uh, kong i just started it oh it's, did you really uh, yeah it's a bit of a week and i was going to share with everybody the the facebook page it's fantastic how There's many postures well it's not like tai chi in that way it's really I don't know how many postures yet. I'm sure there's a real number, but I know that it's surprisingly invigorating. Um, we grip our toes on the floor. Sometimes you just bounce like a happy baby. It's surprisingly invigorating. And I feel like it's it's really helped my back in the last week. And yes. I just yes. You, usually a, a Qigong routine will go through um, all the main muscle groups of the body. Right. So you'll do, you'll be stretching and moving your, you do from the your feet. Stuff? Your head, yes. um, your um, your your back, your waist, mm -hmm. um, and then as well, there's movements in which you you sweep your arms up and down, and oh yeah, um, and find find try to feel your chi as you yes. as you do the movement. And when I used to do qigong years ago, we ended with a standing meditation with your one hand on top of the other hand um, on your belly. On your standing up yeah. eyes closed yeah yeah and i i found that the whole we use a 20 posture routine okay and we would do it we would do the 20 postures yeah. ending with the meditation and then we do the tai chi form oh that's cool after that yeah that so, they do go together sometimes quite nicely yeah i think that the idea was that you do the qigong to prepare your body for the the tai chi well yeah you want the chi to be opened up you want all your meridians in your body opened up and all your um blood flowing really nicely and yeah that would it's definitely a warm-up i mean i'm tingling and breathing and um it's pretty good uh so it's on facebook it's called spring forest and it's it's really good a different um instructor every week and it's at eight in the morning live and then oh. I think it archives so you could do it throughout the day, but I'm, I'm aiming to do it at eight. Uh, and, please, um, please share I'm coordinates share on the Facebook page so I'll that share it other people can, can check it out. I really recommend it. It's, it, I think it's very, it's medicinal. It's really not exercise. It's medicine that you do sure. moving and it's really fantastic. And you're right. It, even if you just do that before you go for a walk, it would be fantastic. Yes. Warm up. Yep. Yes, because I think you loosen up all the parts of your body by the time you're finished. Yeah. And you just feel good. Yeah. Did you do all that cupping stuff? They do this thing where you pound your arm and stuff. So no, I never did that. Never yeah. did the cupping. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. These guys all do that. It's yeah, I like it. Yeah. That's my new event this week. <laughs> Well, that's that's a good thing to be yeah, doing. Yeah. You know, there was a time when when I did Tai Chi yeah. fairly seriously. 
that would be back around oh before Sheila and I got married mm. I was doing it pretty seriously and I just reached a point where you know a problem that I have is I can't just do a taste <laughs> of something I I have to avoid things that are addictive because yes. it's very difficult for me to do a taste yeah. Uh, yeah and so I jumped into Tai Chi in such a way that I ended up doing uh, Chen style first and second form. And then I was doing competition sword, single sword. Mm -hmm. And then I was starting to learn double sword. And then there was single fan and double fan Tai Chi, mm -hmm. where you use the fan as a weapon. And then there was push hands, which is the two person martial Tai Chi form. And um, then I started doing Zingyi, which is an I think it means up and down, something like that. And it's a linear form. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking it might be good to learn Bagua, but I, you can't do everything. No. But, it, you know, I was learning from teachers who were really masters and they were, no. they were quite demanding. And so I responded to that demand, you know, I yeah. worked hard at it. Yeah. Um, and uh, when after Sheila and I got married, there were we were moving into a house and oh, uh, there was lots of stuff going on. I couldn't give it the attention that it deserved. And yeah. then I thought my teachers expected or deserved. And they so must I, miss, they must miss you sometimes. Well, you know, apparently, like I just walked away. Yeah. Because I didn't know a better way to do it. So yeah, I just stopped sure. going. <laughs> and, well, you just I ghosted had to, them. You ghosted well, I, your Tai Chi master. Yes. Well, I had to go move to Ottawa for two months for work. Okay. That'll and work. and I didn't know when I was coming back. And then Sheila and I got married. And next thing you know, it's a year later. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I ran into somebody years later who mm. say, who referred to that period as, oh, yeah, when you disappeared. Oh, <gasps> yeah. So I yeah. guess somebody noticed. I never thought anyone yeah. would notice, but I guess mm. they did. Uh, but anyway, I years later, I started to take some more Tai Chi classes uh, from our local school board. But, you know, I missed the intensity that we got from learning from the serious right. masters. Right. Because when I jump into something, I like to do it with both feet. <laughs> yeah. But there are Tai Chi practices where you do those 108 movements and you're, you know, you can wear your sweatpants. You can, you don't need acro, you know, further. Yes. Not your cup of tea. <laughs> well, be, you, so know, you probably slide right into that so easily, though. I, well, you know, I started to do the, the one at the school board, and yeah. then they didn't have enough people for the intermediate class. And so they didn't have an intermediate class and yeah. they canceled it. Yeah. And then, well, That's I hadn't it. done it for a while. And do I go back? No. I don't know. So I just, yeah. Uh, I thought maybe there's a. Uh, well, you just thought you play banjo. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, good. How's fiddle? Did you get any chance to practice? I've been practicing, but my practicing has been very unfocused over the past week. But okay. I have been I have been practicing. Yeah. Um, I find it's a good thing to do. Playing music is like a meditation in a way for yes. me. Yeah. Um, it's it's very healthy for me. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting way to focus your energy. Uh, that is something that I really enjoy. So yeah, I have been practicing, but as I say, it uh, has been inconsistent. Right. And heck, this, this is my folly, you know? You start <laughs> learning something really, really 
difficult in your 60s and you have to work just so extra hard compared to if you're learning it as a kid well you're the right guy for it and plus you know i mean i don't think i have a really strong natural affinity for the instrument i have to really work at it to play it but i'm stubborn on the other hand which is okay good. yeah that is good so i've also been continuing to work on making the fiddle and it's it's slow. The last week or so, I haven't worked on it very much, uh, but I'm working on the bottom plate and I have the outside of the bottom plate carved and I'm about to start the inside of the bottom plate, hollowing it out. So that, that'll be pretty challenging. That's the next step. And then it'll be the top plate, which will be very much like the bottom plate, except that it'll be easier to carve because it's made of spruce instead of maple. Hmm. Interesting. And it has some other challenges because you have to cut F holes. That's right. That's right. The old, we're right back to the F holes. And yes. And then once, once I have the two plates, then I have to put in the purfling. And there's a little devil inside me that says, just don't do the purfling. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> and because there's so many chances for disaster uh -oh. while you're putting this purfling in. And yeah. do you really care about the purfling? Well, Apparently it should have the purfling. Um, allegedly, the purfling has a value beyond decoration. And um, can you spell that for me? Purfling? Yeah. P-U-R-F-L-I-N-G. Okay. Are you going to look it up? Not right now. Okay. I just wanted to know what you were saying. Well, I, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. It's purfling. I just don't know how to deal with that word. I've never heard it in any other context, but well, I just it. I just Googled it and it yeah. says purfling is a narrow decorative edge inlaid into the top plate and often the back plate of a stringed instrument. Ah. Inexpensive instruments may have no purfling and instead simulate the appearance with paint. Purfling was originally made of laminated strips of wood, often contact, contrasting in color as a visual accent. And apparently, the purfling also has another use, which is if you put purfling in and a crack develops in your fiddle starting at the edge, the purfling will often stop the crack from spreading across the Ooh. fiddle. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> okay. I read that. I don't know if it's true. All right. But I know that I am still plugging away and there hasn't been any disasters on the fiddle yet. Um, and it really is a challenge. Yeah. It's probably the hardest challenge. Well, maybe playing fiddle is the hardest challenge. Great. That's pretty cool though. Good job keeping on working. Hey, I don't want to forget, but season two of Russian Doll started. Are you going to watch it? I haven't watched season <gasps> one. You didn't watch season one? Oh, you have to. It's the best show. You have to. Tell me about it. Oh my God, I, I don't even know how to tell you about it. Um, you, it's Natasha Leone, and she's amazing. She's a star. She may have created the concept. I don't even know if she did, but she's at a party and somehow, <laughs> I can't explain it. She gets stuck having to do things over and over again, like Groundhog Day, if you will, but not exactly. And it's Russian doll. I think you could start to see why that might be a so, metaphor. So is it like that that movie that uh, that um, 
was suggested that I watch about, um, I think these people went to a wedding and they keep, they keep repeating <laughs> parts of this day. Did I recommend that? Did I recommend that? Somebody recommended, maybe your I, daughter that recommended it. Oh, I maybe don't Tiff. know what to say. Okay, well, I'm going to say, you no, know the movie? I don't, no, I can't place it at all. Oh, Unless yes, it was you can. called About Time. But I don't that's know what a, it was called. Huh? Yeah, remember, I'll figure it out. I, I don't know either. A wedding over and over again? Yeah, it's like it's like a wedding and the one character like sleeps with the groom or something or sleeps <laughs> with the bride or I don't know. Okay. But then but then they've hiked it's not outside like that. where the It's not like that. It's that's what it's, it's called. It's not like that. It's not no, I'll figure it out, but it's not like that movie, whatever that was. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is different. It's like a New York City cool movie. But it's a series. It's a TV series on Netflix, and it's fantastic. I can't believe you haven't watched it. It's, it you probably watched first it. came out like three and a half years ago. How did we and miss it? I don't. I I don't know when it came out, but the second season is out, and I'm I'm completely stoked. It's amazing and brilliant and fantastic, and you have to watch it. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, it's so good. I'm so. I excited. will talk to my partner in crime and. and See yeah. if we can schedule some viewing yes, time. Please do it. Actually, I was going to watch the first season again because it's been a couple of years and I want to stay. And I just sat and watched the whole thing all at once. I don't think it was during the pandemic, though. I think it was right before. And this is a party. She keeps I, returning to the same party over and over again. That's the same as that movie. <laughs> do you think it's that same story? No. No. Oh yeah, February first, twenty nineteen. So it was a year before the pandemic. Um, and I guess it took them this long to write it and get the second part. But it's amazing, and you have to watch it. I'll figure out what the wedding movie is later. Is it Palm Springs? Oh, it might be Palm Springs. No, did I make you watch that? Yes. Oh, I liked Palm Springs. Wasn't that a murder mystery? Um, Niles crawls into a glowing cave and tells Sarah to stay away, but she follows him in and immediately wakes on her sister's wedding day again. Oh my god, I haven't seen that. I'm gonna have to see that. <laughs> Wait a minute, you made me watch it. Did I? Yeah, well, I'm blanking on it completely, but I can't wait to watch it. Because oh, you've totally I, seen this. Yeah, you've totally seen it. It sounds like a movie I would love. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, everybody thought I would love it, and I thought it was like, eh. No, you'll love Russian Doll, I can tell you right now. Yeah, it's just weird you haven't seen it. I thought you had seen it, so there you go. You've got something to watch again. I'll watch it, but, but if it's just like out. Palm Springs, it's not just like Palm Springs. It's really good, and I don't. I'm not saying Palm Springs wasn't good. I'm saying it's completely different. But you know, that's like saying it's like everything, everywhere, all at once. No, there is a time element. There's a parallel universe, maybe, but that doesn't mean it's the same. I went back and saw that again, by the way, with Stag. Oh, Love really? It again, even better the second time. Oh, well, there's a lot, lot going on. I saw a lot it. more stuff. Yeah. And, you know, because I had run to the washroom the first time. So I got to see the part that I missed. <laughs> Plus, there's a lot of a lot of the stuff that's the really fast jam together bits. Yes. Seeing it probably 10 times, you might get a, an idea <laughs> what the hell they're yeah. doing. To you. Well, it was great because I felt more relaxed laughing at everything. You know, I was laughing so hard when the dad says, well, wait, I'm still a little bit lost. <laughs> Don't worry. We all are. <laughs> We're all a little bit lost. Yeah, so good. Um, I think it's streaming on May 6th, and I think that's on Mother's Day. 
I have a feeling they've got the streaming to come out around Mother's Day weekend. Okay. Which would actually be quite perfect, wouldn't it? Well, the idea that we're all lost is um, maybe yes. a good way to end the podcast. All right. Today. All right. Sounds good. Glad to be back. I'm glad to have you Send back. Send us your emails. We want to hear from you. Candy, have a great week. All right. You too. Talk, Talk to you next later. week.